Good morning, church. I think it's Nurses' Day in church. We have uh, Jen, brought the MC, and uh, my dear friend uh, Kat is a nurse as well. She brought the communion, and I'm a nurse as well. So it's really be a Nurses' Day in church. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful, beautiful time you've given to us, O Lord. And Lord, we are so, so thankful to you for everything that you've done in our life, O God. Lord, we thank you for choosing us, choosing us to be in this place, to worship your holy name. And Lord, I pray as I bring the word, Lord, I pray it's not me, but your Holy Spirit shall lead in this place, Lord. And Lord, every word that's been spoken shall touch the hearts of the people in this place. Help us to receive it with your heart, O God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Good morning again. I welcome you all to the Sunday service. You know, I'm so glad to be uh, in Victory Life Church because we see the love of God flowing in the church. Amen? Can you hear amen for that? Amen. amen. Because God loves us and he expects us to love others in the same way as well. And a lot of times we find it very hard to love people because we have our own level of judgment in loving people. We say, this person is not right. That person is not right. He does these things. How can I love him? But God does not love that way. God knows we are imperfect. God knows our wrongdoings, but he still loves us. Amen? That is the truth because we are not perfect. We are, none of us are 100% perfect, but he loves us regardless of what we go through, what we do, because he loves us without any issues. He loves with his grace. His grace is so much filled this earth. He loves all of us. Amen. So in this, you know, when I were praying to the Lord, what word I should bring? It was so strong. It was so strong on prayer. It was very strong on prayer. As the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, God expects us to do three things, right? The first thing is when you pray, and second thing is when you fast, and third, third thing is when you give. Just want to correct that. You're not, he did not say, if you pray, he said, when you pray. He did not say, if you fast, he said, when you fast. He did not say, if you give, he says, when you give. Which means he expects these three things from us as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. We are not called to be just believers. We are not called to be just followers. We are called to be his sons and daughters. Amen? Come on, if you are sons and daughters, can you raise your hands and say hallelujah for that? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I come from India. In India, we say hallelujah for everything. <laughs> you know, the pastor speaks, you need to say hallelujah. You get, you'll get it. So it's better, you better say hallelujah. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I would like you to turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified. See, Jesus came to give us, who are sitting here, if, you, if nobody is Jewish here, he gave us a spirit of adoption. And as a Gentile, he gave us a spirit of adoption. He adopted us to be his sons and daughters. You need to understand, because the greatest lie the devil can 
tell you is you are a sinner. The greatest lie he can speak in our ears is God does not love you. The greatest lie he can tell you is you are not worthy. But Jesus says I love you because you are my sons and daughters. You are my sons and daughters. That is the truth and it never changes. You know, uh, you can hear from different sermons, you know, they'll say, you cannot go to God, you cannot do this, you, can, you have to do those things, you have to do those, follow those laws, everything to go to God. But God did not expect anything. All he wants is to come and speak to him. That's all he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Because he does not see you as a stranger, but he sees you as sons and daughters. You know, there was a, uh, i just tell you the story. There was a, a boy who, whose father was overseas in the Middle East. And this boy had all the uh, needs for a, for a teenager. Or he bought a, a sports bike, he had a car, he had a house and everything. And then the you know, years went and went and the father finally retired in the Middle East and he came, back to, he came back to the home country. And then the father never had time to sit with the son. And then they, one time they had come together and they had a chat. And the son asked, Dad, how are you doing? He said, I'm good. Uh, how was, tell me about your life, because I don't know what you, go, what you went through in the Middle East. He said, uh, my, my boss took my passport as soon as I landed, and I had to drive the car for 18 hours, and even in the midnight, they'll ring me, I had to wake up and go. I ate one time because I had to send money to you guys, uh, because you had to strive, because you had to leave. You had to, go, you had to get a good life, and the mother needed to get a good life. You need to have a good food, so I ate one time. So he was telling all these sufferings he went through in the Middle East, and then the son realized all his joyfulness he went through, all the extreme blessings he had, is because of the father's suffering. You know, in the same way, the, all the happiness and the joy we go through, all the happiness, every happiness we go through, is because of Christ's suffering on the cross. That is the truth. A lot of times, you know, we forget that what Christ has done for us. The truth is he suffered for us. He, he did not, he chose it. He chose to do it. He knows from the time he came to the world he had a purpose. And we've been adopted. It's for us. He has given it to us. You know, he went beyond the boundaries of Israel. And he went, he came to us. Now I had a privilege to uh, come from uh, Chennai where St. Thomas finally died. You know, I just read everything about him, and, and you see what are the sufferings Christ has went through. And he sent his disciples around the world for us. Amen? That is the truth. We are different in our church, is so blessed with multicultural people. But we need to understand we come together as one because of Christ's death on the cross. I'm getting to the sermon. I'm just not st stopping there. John 14, verse 19, it says, A little while longer, the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live in you. you will also, I live, you will also live. At the day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has commandments, sorry, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know, Jesus lives in you, and we in him. If we feel today our heart is not in the right place, it's time to return to the love of God. There's no safe place than Christ. You know, God is our refuge. The refugees run out of their countries to a safe place. You know, we, we, we live in Australia, we know that. Why? Because we have a safe place here. We have a good life here. That is what Christ has promised us as sons and daughters, to come to him. If, you have, if, if anything go wrong goes in your life, he does not want you to go away from God, but get more closer to God. 
That's what God loves from us. That's what God expects from us. You know, Philippians 4, 6, verse 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. You know, as we come into this sermon, we should, God tells us we should not be anxious about anything. In fact, nothing. And we see the world is going through so much of depression at the moment. We see the, so much of mental, money being spent on mental health lately. Because we, we, we turn the news on, all we see is death. We see the future economy is going to crash. We, I know our jobs are insecure. The robots are coming. And there's a fear that comes out of what we watch and what we hear and what we see. We go into so much of fear unconsciously. So much of depression unconsciously. But God says, be anxious for nothing. Amen? You have to receive that today. Be anxious for nothing. If you're not being anxious and you follow the commandments of God, which is to love and pray and be with God, He will provide you. He will answer you everything, whatever you need. Because He knows even before you ask. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, it says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. See, in the previous verse we saw, Jesus wants you to have a thanks. And it says, will guard your heart uh, for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to, made to God. See, it's very important that we need to have that assurance that God will answer all my prayers with a thanksgiving. When you finish your prayer, God expects you to say thanks to you. Lord, I thank you for I have already received what I prayed. Because the Bible says, whatever you ask in Jesus' name will be given to you. That's the assurance. The Bible says, assuredly I say to you. Which means he has given us assurance that whatever you ask in Jesus' name, he'll give that to you. It's not something God says, if you, know, if you do this, I might know. He assuredly says to you, he'll give that to you. That's what Jesus expects from us as well. You know, prayers always brings closeness with God. We're going to see a few people in the Bible, and then we're going to finish off this sermon. You know, prayer is so important. But, you know, a lot of ch churches around the world, some, most of the churches, or a lot, I said a lot, a lot of churches around the world, the prayers have gone down. Our church is so blessed because we have prayer on Tuesday mornings. If you are... Uh, member of the church, I would really ask you to come on Tuesday mornings at 5.30. I think we are in recess once we start to come together and join with us in prayer because we, have, we are seeing changes in our community when we pray here. You know, when we pray, God comes closer to you. Amen? There is no other way God can come closer to you. You, you can say, I'm going to give him $10,000 and not pray. God will come closer to me. No. God is not about money because he is the author and creator. And he is the starting and finishing of everything. He is the beginning and the end. So he doesn't need that money. But, you know, you need to understand it's not about money. It's about your faithfulness God wants. He wants you to pray. He wants you to be close with him all the time. He wants you to walk with him all the time. So today's sermon is more how as a sons and daughters, you and me as sons and daughters, how our prayers can change things. This is what it's all about. You know, it's God called Moses to come up to the mountain to speak, to speak about them. And it says in Exodus chapter 32, And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath and my, uh, may burn 
hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have bought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with mighty hand? And why should the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out, of the, out to a harm to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore you, by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, they shall inherit forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. You see here, the people of Israel just goes against, completely against God's will. They build, they make a golden calf and they worship him and they give sacrifices to it and they're praising God. When Moses gone for the same people to talk to the Lord and he has a superb encounter with God, he gets his Ten Commandments and he comes down and see these people doing this here. But you, the, the beautiful thing here is, you know, God just puts it this way. Hey, Moses, the people whom you brought out of Egypt is doing this. And Moses just prays back and he says, Lord, the people whom you, your people, it's not my people, it's your people. You know, God loves an intercessory prayer. When you pray for your country, when you pray for your people, when you pray for your nation, God's heart changes and God brings changes in the country. And this morning, this is the first, first point I want to make sure. If you pray for your country, if you pray for your nation, God changes things. If you think, does that happen? It definitely happens. It definitely happens, brings changes. That's how the power God has given, that's how much power God has given to his sons and daughters. And you are his sons and daughters. And when you kneel down and pray for your nation every day, there's a change in the country. You know, we see TV, we complain about a lot of things. The politicians are not right. These are not good. But for them to change, it's in our hand. It's on our knees. When we pray, God changes. Amen? Because that's the power you got. Your power is in your tongue. And when you pray, you see Moses just knows how to pray. He says, Lord, I know your heart. That's basically what he's saying. I know your heart. It's your people. I was in the wilderness for 40 years. You brought me out of the wilderness to bring these people out. I have nothing to do with this. It's your people. So you have to save them. Yes? And God did say that. God relented from punishment. Not only that, Moses went to the point where he said, Lord, take my name, blot my name out of book of life. Which means he was ready to go to hell for his own people. And God said, no, I, I won't punish them. I won't kill them. You know, that's how much Moses loved God. And that's how much Moses understood God. The reason Moses understood God was because of the closeness he had with God. Because the time he spent on the mountain, the time he spent with God every day, it's not just he turned up to God for one day and he won't, won't look up to God for the next 40 days and then he comes back to God. No, it's not like that. He had time with God literally every day. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 1, it says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speak to his friend. Amen? See, Lord, Jesus Christ, came down just to speak to him face to face. Nobody had that experience, but he had it. Face to face. That's why the people of Israel started knowing the anointing upon him. People, God has placed the anointing upon you as well. Because you are, when you are closer to God, not you, the people around you will see who is with you. Amen? Hallelujah. The more and more closeness 
comes with God, the anointing will be overflowing. And people, wherever you go, you go to your workplace, you go to your family member's house, you go to your friend's house, they will see the difference. They will see the anointing that flows through you. And God will use you mightily. And God expects you to stand in the gap and pray for the nation. God expects to use that anointing to pray for your people. God expects you to come from different nations. God expects you to pray for that nation as well. Because when you pray, God will change things. When you pray, God will move the kings. Hallelujah. This is truth. God will provide it. God will provide that for us. Moses knew that God he was serving. Dear church, do we have a heart of Moses? Do we have heart of heart for our nation? Do we hear a heart just for our family or not for the nation? God expects us a heart to change today. Not just for our family. Don't look at your family. Don't just look at your family. Look at the wider picture. Look at your community. Don't look at the broom notice board. Look beyond it. Because that can be toxic. But beyond that, God can give you more understanding and knowledge. Because once you get that closeness with God, oh, the presence is so anointed, so much powerful. Once you start, you know, you, you can say, hey, I prayed for this. God has changed this thing. I prayed for that. God has changed that thing. I have personally seen when, like, even the Holy Spirit led, like, small prayers. I just prayed for five minutes, and you see the changes in the nation. It's not that God changed because of me. God, God told me to pray something, but God changed it. God expects us to do that. God expects us to pray. That's the basic thing. You know, then the second person I want to talk in the Bible is Enoch. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, um, Enoch lived 65. This is, this is all we got about Enoch in the Bible. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. See, we don't see much about Enoch in the Bible. But to understand this, I put the picture. 300 years, 365 years, 300 years, he literally prayed, 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 just fermented in the presence of God. That's all happened. He fermented. Then what, what happened there? God, the Bible says in the last verse, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. He did not die, for God took him to be with him. There's no record in the Bible where he says Enoch died. It's very important to understand because the closeness of God. When he says walk with God, it's not just walking along with God. You don't walk with a person quietly. You don't walk with your husband and wife. When walking, you won't walk quietly. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm just going to walk. No, we don't walk like that. When we walk, we share. When we walk, we share our secrets because we have that bond. And person to have 300 years of bond, imagine that. He shared every day with that person. And while we live in this earth, that's what God expects from us as well. He wants us to walk with him every day. When we say walk, it's not just when you go into the personal prayer room and pray. No, it's not that. He wants you to walk when you, when you have a shower, when you go for a walk, when you go to work, when you do things, when you do groceries. He wants to keep talking to you. That's how much God loves us. He's a talker, to be honest. He talks to you. He tells you, hey, don't do this. Come on, do this one. But don't buy that. Today is not the day. Simple things. That's how God speaks. You know, sometimes we, we see God as a, in a bigger picture. It's like, oh, he's God. 
he won't, he, you know, I, I just need to go on one hour prayer in the morning, that's all, it's done. No, we don't pack God like that. We have to have an intimacy, relationship, every moment of our life. Walk with God. You know, the things around the world can occupy our brain and we stop praying, but the prayer is the time when God wants to speak to us. And once you have that prayer time, God will lead you for the whole day. And God will guide you for the whole day. In this year of 2023, I really want you to step up in your prayer life. If you're praying for one hour, I would ask you to pray for two hours. If you're praying for five minutes, increase it to ten minutes. God loves it. God loves every moment that you spend with God. We're going to go to, now with, with, you know, what did, just, just a mild uh, revelation which Enoch had with God. When we read this verse, we understand this man was talking and praying and walking with God for 300 years, even though he was mentioned few times in the Bible. He had intimacy with God, where he was able to prophesy the future beyond the time of Christ's ascension. Jude uh, chapter 1 verse 14, it says, Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied, Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesies about them. See the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against them. This is Enoch's words. Now, God has revealed this thing beyond, even beyond Christ's time how God is going to come back. You know, imagine this is, this is what happens. When we spend time with God, God reveals his heavenly secrets to us. Amen? He doesn't want us, you know, uh, the 12 disciples, or the 11 disciples, when they stayed with Jesus Christ, they were not just believers all the time. They moved step after, they stepped up themselves. They were followers, they became disciples, and then they became apostles. They stepped up in their life. And God expects us as a church, we have to step up. We just don't want to be followers who see Jesus, know Jesus. But he wants us to become his sons and daughters. He wants us to step up in our life. He wants us to be his disciples. And that's what God loves. Amen? That's what God expects from us. We're going to see about Noah. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was just man perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Amen? It says Noah walked with God. You see Enoch walked with God and we see Noah walked with God. When we say, again, we don't, I don't need to go into explanation of walking with God. But you see when Noah walked with God, because of his intimacy with God, the whole world is going to be destroyed. Right? But God just revealing his secrets to Noah and says, Noah, I want, and not only reveals it, he gives you an idea. He gives you a project to save yourself. I'm going to destroy the whole world, but because you've been so close with me, because you've been walking with me, I'm going to save your family. People, God expects that from us. When you walk, in, walk very close with God, God will give you ideas. God will give you projects to save your family. Amen? The pestilence might come, one after the other. The virus might come in different strains and come and go. You might have different catastrophes. You might have different uh, earthquakes and things might come and go. But God will give you an idea. God will protect you. When? When we walk with God. Noah walked with God. So the grace of God was upon him. And God saved him. 
I'm sure Noah would have told to all his friends and families, right? He definitely not would have been like, oh, only my family is going to be saved. I'm not going to tell this to everybody. He would have surely said, even the people who helped him to build, he would have told them, hey, God is going to destroy this world. Please turn from your wicked ways. I'm sure people do not accept it, right? Remember, when you pray, God saves your family. If you have your, you know, your, your kids, if you have your family members that you need to pray for or pray over in this world, you need to pray. Every day, cover them with your prayers. Spiritual covering. Because God has given us ministering angels to minister for us. And when you pray for your families and your friends and your kids, God protects them. You know, a lot of times we say, I'll pray for you, but we forget about that we actually committed to somebody that we will pray for them. It's very important that we keep the promise. Because we just don't say in mouth, but we need to show in action. Because those things God expects us. Okay, my son is going to pray. God waits for you. My son is going to pray now. Because he, he has promised the other guy that he's going to pray for him. Because prayer is so powerful. Satan is not worried about people who don't pray. I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about non-Christians. He's not worried about people who don't pray. He's worried about people who pray. Because we are the people who disturb his projects. We are the people who disturb his agendas. You know, we are the one who slows down the process where he has to get through. God wants us to pray. Because the power God has given us, if you know how much powerful you are, you know, I, I'm sure you would have heard of, about, about Open Doors, the, uh, the church, the uh, organization supports the uh, churches which get persecuted. And the, and the ex-CEO, uh, Mark Gore, said this verse. If we know how much powerful our prayers are, we would pray at least 100 times a day. Because that's how much your prayers are. That's who you are. You're not called to be just sitting. You're not called to be in the earth like other people. No, you're called to be his sons and daughters. Imagine that Jesus came to this earth to change people, to change things, to change against the, uh, I should say, what to say, the organization, not the right word. Uh, you know, the laws of the day, the high priests of the day, they had this big organization where people cannot enter. But God was cracking them. Jesus was changing everything. He was opening the eyes of the people. How? He did not do his, he was a common man. He was a normal guy like you and me. How did he get this power? Because he prayed. He prayed to his father. Noah prayed and God saved his family. Noah did what God said. How did he get the revelation? Because when you pray, God reveals things in your dreams, in your visions, through your words. God will say, hey, I'm going to bring this, to, bring this upon, the, upon the nation. And the nation. God will show you what is going to come upon your nation and he expects you to pray for it. That's who you are. You're so powerful. Amen? Don't think you're not the one. You are the one. You are the one called for this. It's not the people who don't know about God. It's you who know about God. Hallelujah. We're going to see about David. I'm not going to go a lot into David. And when he had removed, it's Acts chapter 13 verse 22, it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. As Jesus did all the will of Father on the earth, David did all the will of God on this earth when he was there. 
That's why he said, he does my will. He doesn't do anything on his own. You know, when David had a chance to uh, kill Saul, he did not kill him. And one time when uh, his son was chasing him, David ran and, and, and then Simei uh, comes and just swears at him and just swears and curses him so much. He says, you, you're running, you are such a king, you're running. And he just takes this chance. You know, sometimes we, get, we take a chance and beat everything out of some person. That's how it is. He just took chance. This is my time. He is no more king. I'm just going to swear at him. He just went on and on and on and on. David did not speak a word. And everybody was so raged. The people around him were so raged. They asked him, why? Why can't you just kill that person? You, you are such a powerful king. And he said, at least by looking at that, God can have pity on me. Because he knows heart of God. And not only that, he went, you know, he just ran and ran up to the mountain. And they know what he did? Everyone was crying, they all climbing, and he worshipped God. He spoke to God. He did not speak his tears to anybody else. He did not share his tears to someone else. He went to God. He said to God, Lord, you see what I'm going through. And God has re restored him. People, that's what God has called us. God has called us to do his will. How, do you, how can we do his will? When we walk with God. When we have prayers. When we have that closeness with God. God will tell what his will is. Sometimes, you know, Satan speaks in a way that God speaks and, tells, and makes us imagine that this is will of God. I have got battered so many times. And you think that's God's will. And you do something. But you go for two or three years, then you realize, and you pray and pray so much, nothing gets answered. And then you realize that's not God's will. But it's very important that before you start something, before you want to do something, it's very important we can ask God if it's his will to do it. Even small things. There's nothing small or nothing big for God. Yep. Yeah, I'll just tell, I, I, I actually shared with uh, Jen uh, and uh, Pastor Jess the other day. You know, well, um, in 2018, uh, no, 19, I wanted to buy a Yeti uh, flask. And um, my wife, I said to my wife, you know, I need this, so buy it for me. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, do you think that's God's will? And that's it. And I was like, I, uh, you know, to drink in a flask is God's will. And she said, to Yeti, is that God's will? And I was like, what is, when you bring God, you don't buy anything. That's it. You just stop the project. <laughs> and then uh, I just prayed to God, Lord, if it's your will, can you please answer me? You know, I don't want to buy Yeti. No, nah, did not work, did not work. So finally she decided, you know, for, for, yesterday was our wedding anniversary. So uh, she decided that, you know, she sent her uh, photos of Yeti day before, and she said, which one you want to buy? And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, and then I went to workplace. The thing which I want to buy, the workplace actually given to me as a gift for Christmas. You know, literally what color I wanted, everything I wanted, they just gave it for Christmas. But I had to wait for two years. <laughs> because timing and need matters. And God knows when we need something. And we can wait when we have a closeness with God. We know when he, we, he wants to give you something. We know when he don't want to give you something. And it's for our goodness. It's for our goodness. He knows when we need a BMW or a, for, a, for a broom, it's a Land Cruiser. He knows when he wants us. He wants us to use it. If I don't go for an outback adventure, if I don't go for anything, I don't need a Land Cruiser. 
right? You know, sometimes I did that too. I actually bought a car, <laughs> a Land Cruiser. <laughs> That's why I, it's all about me, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I bought a Land Cruiser and then my wife said, I don't think it's the will of God, again. And I was like, no, 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 we need a Land Cruiser. We need to buy it. So I just went very quickly, got money, get that ready. It's a good amount of money. So we went and bought this beautiful top model Land Cruiser. Within four days, the engine blowed. I was crying. <laughs> you know? But then I realized sometimes you have to go through the pain because you don't listen to the will of God. You know, God was clearly speaking to me, this is not your car I, I'm going to give to you. I even prayed for it. That's the truth. I even prayed for it. And I listened. God said, no, don't buy it. I didn't listen to that. And I went and bought it. People, it's very important that we should follow the will of God. The will of God will be shown to us when we have the closeness with God. Because He is our Father. Father wants good thing to us. None of the Father wants bad thing for us. Right? Even the worldly Father wants bad thing for us. I will tell you, Heavenly Father never intended to do anything bad for us. Amen? Hallelujah. He always wants, us to, wants to give good things to us. In John chapter 6, verse 8, it says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. we all been chosen by God. Amen. Can we clap our hands and give thanks to the Lord for that? Amen. You know, when you do the will of Father, He'll give you peace. As your sons and daughters, He wants you to do the will of Father. He expects us. Because that's why Jesus lived a life which He did complete the will of Father. Not even one thing was His own thing. He asked everything to Father. We were going to go about it. There was, there was this uh, uh, minister in India. He was a Christian minister. He was the evangelist, to be precise. And his ministry even now, his ministry got so big and one time, uh, a, a, a prophet came to him and he said, uh, God is telling me that you have to start a church now. And he was like, God has called to be an evangelist. Because this prophet is like accurate in everything. From the time he started ministry, he was prophesying over him. He was telling everything. And he was so confused. He was not convinced. So he went to God. And he said, God, you know, to, to due respect, the prophet has came and spoke this. And God said, I really was waiting for you to come to me. I want to know whether you'll ask me is it me who's spoken to you? Yes, I sent the prophet. Yes, I told the prophet to tell this to you because I wanted to know how much closeness you have with me, whether you come and ask me. So he prayed and he said, no, no, I don't want you to walk, start a church. I want, you to, I want you to know what's in your heart. He tests, not for bad, to be good. And you know what? His ministry has grown up to a point where in, in India, it's like they're reaching around 40 to 50 million people. Just one man. And he just completed his 12th grade. Because God said, you're not going to study more than this. And God is using him so powerfully. People, that's what it is. When you do the will of Father, you will prosper. When you do the will of Father, you will not have failure. When you do the will of Father, everything will be so peaceful. And that's what God wants. You know, sometimes we do things with, with so much of our flesh... And then we realize it's not. We go through depression. We go through a lot of struggles after we start something. But God says, just before you start, just come and ask me. I will lead you in the right way. 
Hallelujah. You know, so we saw all of the people who are walking, who are close with God. I just want to see the way we can pray to God. And not I did this, Jesus has spoken this in Bible. You know, in First Thessalonians it says, 10 verse it says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. You know, there's a breakthrough prayer. This is what we call breakthrough prayer. The people, uh, you know, in Thessalonians, they, they, Paul just says this, we had to pray day and night. Why? They want to pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. There's a breakthrough prayer. So they pray all night. I'm not asking you to pray all night. I'm just saying. These are the ways you can pray. If you're really interested in praying, uh, having a breakthrough, you can pray overnight. And next thing, next verse, it says, Acts 16, verse 25, it says, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And we know what happened after that. The angels came and the doors opened and what all the miracles happened. You know, it's very important there's a breakthrough comes when we pray. Because there are different times where we can pray. If you, if you think you can't pray in daytime, you can't pray early in the morning, you can come in nighttime and pray. Because God answers your prayers. Luke chapter 6 verse 12, it says, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spend the night praying to God. Amen? Spend the night praying to God. And you see the rest of the verses, God's miracle. Every, if, you, if you go through the Gospels, you can see, before a great miracle, before a great preaching, God will spend his time, Jesus will spend his time with his Father. And then he comes down. He doesn't come down sleeping, waking up, you're going to start preaching, and everybody's going to be saved. No, it doesn't happen like that. The breakthroughs happen when there is prayers go through. So they were praying. Jesus was praying day and night. Hallelujah. So it's important, people, that our prayer time need to be set. And the other way is Luke 5, verse 16, it says, Yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Sorry, it's not there. Yet he, Luke 5, 16, it says, Yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. This is Jesus. You might be going through a busy schedule in your life. You might not even have any minute for God. Yet you have to make time. You have to make time for God. We can't give reasons. We have to make time for God. Because you see what changes it brings into your life in this new year. The time you start spending with God, you see the changes, you see the breakthroughs, you see the miracles, you, you're going to get it. Why? Because when a son and daughter comes and asks something, Jesus has to reply. Amen? It's a promise. Jesus has to answer our prayers because what Bible says is the word of God and word of God is Christ. And when we ask something, he will give to us in Jesus' name. Amen? You know, Jesus was the son of the Father God. He has promised us that we will live in him. He lives in us. You know, Jesus did not leave us by ourselves. In John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you allow me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Amen. What a promise. Jesus is living in each and every one of us who is in this place today. He is present in you. He is living in you. 
and he has not leave you, left you orphan. If you think, if, if there is a time when you think there is nobody to help you, there is nobody that, that can counsel you, remember you have the Holy Spirit who is living in you. Jesus Christ who is living in you. Because he has called you to be his sons and daughters. He has called you to be his sons and daughters. As we ask the worship team to come up, I would like you to just remember. You know, in the Old Testament, we see God chose one person. God chose uh, David. God chose Noah, Enoch, uh, Abraham. But in the New Testament, the veil was torn. We all have access to the same power what the Old Testament veterans had. The great persons in the Old Testament had. They were great men not just because they were fighting, they were really good. They were great men because they were praying persons. They walked close with God. God wants you to be like that as well. God wants you to be a great man and woman. For that he wants, in this year, is to pray. He wants you to live a life of son and daughters of Father God. Amen. He wants you to rise up to the level where he can come and share his table with you. He wants you to step up to the level where he wants to speak to you personally. He wants to share his heart with you. And this is what God has promised. He wants to share his heart with you in this year. And he wants you to stand up. He wants you to stand up for the nation, for your families, for your town, for the workplace you work. He wants you to stand up. He wants you to pray for it. You are called to change the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Can we all rise up please? Can we look up to God? If any of you here are struggling with your prayer life, you know, we would like you to come forward and Jane will, Pastor Dai will pray for you. Because this is the year that God wants you to step up to be sons and daughters. He wants you to realize who you are. He wants you to know who you are in Him. Because He is in you. He did not leave you alone. He has given you a helper. It's a promise. And He is with you, church. Wherever you go, Jesus is with you. And you are the person to, for, to who is called to pray for the nation. You are the person who is called to pray for your community. You are the person who is called to pray for your families. And God will change right in front of your eyes. God will change things right in front of your eyes. And if you, God has touched your heart today, and if you have not known Jesus before, we would like to pray for you. Please do come forward. And if you have any healing prayers, healing needs, we would like to pray for you as well. Any prayer needs, please come forward. Can we commit ourselves to God and say to God, God, I would like to pray to you. I would get closer to you. I want to walk with you. Regardless how your past year was, God doesn't want to know about your past. God wants to know how you want to live your life from now on. Let us look up to God and tell God, Lord, I want to be with you. I want to pray with you. I want to speak to you. I want to walk in your freedom. I want the revelation gifts. When God is with you, everything is so easy. You don't need to confuse yourself. All your troubles, all your sorrows will go away.